2: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: That's that's it, honestly. I mean, we were so close last year. Really got banged up towards the end and, you know, fought. Fought till the very end. We got so close, and, you know, for me to come back here with the almost the same team, you know, to experience playoff in Chicago is something that I want to do, and it's something that I want to experience, and it's, you know big part of the reason why I did want to come back here. Mully
1: and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That's Cody Bellinger, his uh, introductory news conference yesterday. Yes, he has resigned and he wants to be back to go to the playoffs. And they were close last year. There's no doubt they were close, but they did fade down the stretch, and perhaps uh, they've made good enough moves in the bullpen to prevent that from happening. That's kind of where things fell apart a little bit, if you will. Uh, but they were tired at the end of the year. And uh, and you mentioned already that you don't believe Craig Council is going to be playing guys a ton of games and you'll be – uh, stretching things out a little bit for people and you'll be giving everybody an opportunity and you won't be
0: stuck in... Uh, that's just an educated guess. Wear out I mode. I don't know that he's addressed that directly, has he? I, I, that's just my own... Yeah, your view of him. ...view of it, looking at, okay, Bellinger's going to play uh, probably close to... If he stays healthy, this is all predicated on health. Mm. got to figure Bellinger's going to play 145, 150 games between center and first. Nico and Swanson, they're not getting many days off, Right. Suzuki, unless he struggles, likely is your everyday right fielder. Ian Happ, okay, stays healthy. He may get 100. So they have some everyday players, but I just think he likes to mix and match. Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson and Nico. They're going to play 150 or or more. Um, Behind the plate, you have some options.
1: Okay, so let's just talk about where there's some uncertainty and I don't even know if you consider this uncertainty, but you you made a trade with the Dodgers. You got a rookie first baseman in Michael Bush that you want him to kind of lock down first base. You also have decided to give a long look to Christopher Morrell, mm-hmm. and you want him to lock down third base. Now you got Patrick Wisdom as a backup at both those positions. You've got, obviously, Bellinger can play first base. You've got Nick Madrigal, who would be a backup at third base mm-hmm. and, and really like a utility Good infielder. Good piece. Yes. But I'm wondering, um, when you look at, at where you're at, what's more likely in your mind, that that Bush locks down
0: first or that morell locks down third? I would say that morell locking down third makes the most sense to me. I think the Texter – pointed out something that I I alluded to earlier that if I were nobody's going to advise Craig council kind of, sounds kind of silly to say if I were advising Craig council but my opinion would be the way the cubs have leaned into run prevention defense and pitching right they like their starting depth they're going to like their bullpen when you have the when you have their experience in kind of building relievers and getting something out of nothing you like that so pitching and defense i believe that Pete Crow Armstrong in center field and Cody Bellinger at first base is your best combination for an everyday lineup. Really? More times than not. Because it leans into defense. And I think that Pete Crow Armstrong, it takes some of the pressure off him offensively if you still are telling him that you're going to play him more times than not. Now you're gonna within that, within that framework, you're gonna have flexibility. You've got to because that's the way council manages. But my everyday go-to game one of the playoffs lineup right now would be leaning in defense. Bellinger at first, PCA in center, and your DH is either Talkman, Bush, wow. or Wisdom. That that you know, I I guess I guess the problem I have with that, and
1: and look. Did you pay Cody Bellinger 30 million dollars to play first base? Well, you
0: paid him to you
1: paid him to produce. I, I don't know that The high, the richest contract, one-year deal in team history is for a guy to play first.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing, you you're, Craig Council doesn't care what he's making. Hmm. And Craig Council's making out the lineup. And if he's making out the lineup, it won't matter what premium positions are getting paid these days in Major League Baseball. It will be what will be the give us the best chance to win in any given day. So, I'm talking about this as a way of As the season evolves, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up prioritizing defense and using that lineup more times than not because that is your best defensive lineup. Morale is a liability at third base, but that's the only liability that you have defensively. If you have Gomes or Amaya behind the plate and you have the lineup I just said I would favor, everybody's a plus defender. You've got gold glovers everywhere. And you've got PCA who doesn't have a gold glove but is is in the majors for one reason in that scenario. So I think that is the way I would probably project the Cubs going because it it, it it's all about the leather.
1: Yeah. And I don't mean Jerry Reinsdorf. I find that fascinating. Well, what would you do? Well, I, I mean I, I don't know if I want to give a first baseman thirty million. I get Freddie Freeman makes twenty seven million. Yeah. So I get it. Uh Freddie Freeman is one of three m v p s though on that team. I mean they all make thirty million right mm-hmm. twenty seven million whatever um I'm just trying to think of who But the 30 million
0: dollars gives you Goldschmidt t-
1: makes like 26 yeah, but, million
0: but, but it gives you the luxury of, of the flexibility because if PCA isn't hitting or or isn't doing that under that scenario then then Cody Bellinger can take but his heavy many, heavy okay. wallet out to center field how,
1: how many How many home runs do you need from a 30 million dollar first
0: baseman Cody Bellinger's offense is not going to be something that you question, regardless of where he plays. He's going to produce enough for first baseman for center fielders. I don't think that's going to be the issue. And I wouldn't. I, I, I thought the reason he was so valuable was not
1: just that he can play multiple positions, but that he can play a really important one in center field and also, you know, create offense and comeback player of the
0: year yeah, and all that. That stuff. is that, that, that is true. But you asked me what my ideal yeah. scenario is. That would be it, but it doesn't mean that you're going to play that way seven days a week. You're buying the flexibility and roster versatility that he affords you by being that guy who's going to produce offensively regardless of where he plays. Moving him around doesn't affect his offensive well, I, performance. But
1: we're not talking about moving him around. You're talking about starting him at first base.
0: Okay, you're, you're twisting my words here. I'm saying you're, that – You're twisting my you, melon. You, you, you asked me what the ideal scenario would be – for the best Cub team or what the best Cub lineup would be. And I'm projecting that if they go to one lineup that prioritizes defense, that's the lineup, regardless of what Cody Bellinger makes, you know, you're paying it. And then if it doesn't work out, you're paying him well to be a, be, to be a piece that you move around in different spots, regardless of, and wherever you put him, he's going to produce. So hmm. I would just say lineup A is PCA in center field. Lineup B would be Bellinger in center field, but both options are good ones.
1: Um, texter says Bush, Madrigal, uh, Wisdom, Morrell. These are not pieces of a championship team.
0: I would disagree. I, I don't. I, I. You know, Christopher Morrell is a, is a thirty to thirty five home run guy. Um, nobody's saying that. Uh, th- who mentioned David Bode? We're not. We're no not one said the, Bodie He's he, the texter is. Texting in, Bush, Magical Bodie, Wisdom, Morrell are not pieces of a championship team. Oh.
3: Yeah, I mean, if those four or five guys are in your lineup three or four days a week, correct? You're not. It, but, but those are nice pieces to have as backups. Yes. No, no doubt and, about and it. And only one of those guys do I expect to be playing four Regularly. times a week, and that's Christopher Morrell. Right. The rest you, of those guys would be a spot start here or there, coming home from a a road trip where you got what, back late at night. You got to start early on do a you, Friday. Do
1: you think that? Do you think the best lineup is is uh, is including Bellinger at first or it's
3: center? The well, when you say lineup, I want to. I, I need to. I want to clarify something. The best offensive lineup or the best defensive lineup or best overall, both categories. Yes. So you said yes to three questions um i'm the cheerleader for pca so i won't be a hypocrite I- i'm going to say pca okay but that's because that's why the bellinger signing is so huge mm-hmm. because it gives y- the cubs the opportunity to roll the dice a little bit on pca yeah. from okay. from jump street
0: because your de- designated hitter could be michael bush exactly and he's a guy that is why is he why, why is he so valuable to the Cubs that they wanted to trade for him because of his bat?
3: His bat, not because so of his gold glove if, first base. If baseman. he's your
0: opening day, if they're playing, and that's where Craig Council will mix and match. If you're, if you're facing a right-hander, then you're facing a left-hander. Maybe it's different, but ideally, Michael Bush would be your DH. Cody Bellinger's at first, and PCA's in center field. That would be your A lineup, right? If everything goes according to plan this spring training, and PCA doesn't take a step backward, Michael Tauchman is a – Excellent option as a fourth outfielder. Uh, yeah, I think, I think PCA
1: needs to take a step forward. I don't think it's about him taking a step backward. I think it's about him taking a step forward. And whether that's, you know, bunting his way on and stealing a bait, whatever that, it, it, whatever that entails, it's, it is the only concern with him is whether or not he's going to help you offensively. Right, and, he should and, be
3: in the. He should be in every spring training lineup, in my opinion. He should get as many. Just play the hell out of him. he Just to see, just, just, see, just yep. to find out. He right. should be playing. He should get he had two doubles yesterday, right? He right. should get as many. He should get three bat, three at bats a day, three sure. at bats a day every single day. If they got split squad, he's getting you know every rep five five at bats and put him up. And listen, put him up at the top of the lineup, just for the sake, not because he's going to do that during the regular season. Just for the Got sake him of every getting, inning.
0: you can do whatever you want. In spring training, get him, get him eight of bats. <laughs> put a disguise, <laughs> put a
3: disguise on him. Switch make, his number.
0: Make sure he, he shags, he shags fly balls in batting practice. Make him do everything. Wear him
1: out. I, you know what? What I find fascinating is like, so you know, you, you hear people say things like, "Well, don't sign a third baseman because it wouldn't help you because you would block Shaw and you would block Morrell in the right now." But don't you want the best team you can get and wouldn't wouldn't getting
0: a, a you know, proper third baseman or a really well, good everything defensive about offensive Context. I mean, when you say don't sign a third baseman, I don't I don't know anybody has said that. I think they the concern would be don't sign a third baseman to a five year contract. Right. Because you're overpaying Matt Chapman for three years that you're really not going to need him, maybe four. I think the expectation would be if you get Matt Chapman on a oh, on a similar deal to Cody Bellinger, you take you say that yes, here's the pen. Let's go win the division and maybe the exactly. pennant. Exactly. And you know what? He can also play first. He can play anywhere you well, need him to. Too. He, he's got flexibility as well, and you would give you a chance to go for it in 2024. Maybe the Cubs don't feel like they're ready. I don't know about that. And maybe the price is too high. And uh, the assistant general right. manager, special assistant to the president, Scott Boris, doesn't <laughs> believe that Matt Chapman would. Fit in this role, but I don't know that you give up that idea. Matt Shaw's coming. I think Matt Shaw's off to a very good start this spring, too. You could envision him maybe at the end of this year, maybe at the beginning of next year, being in a position to contribute, given his bat. So, you don't want to block that guy. you got a lot of options. The Cubs farm system is replenished. That gives you flexibility at the trade deadline to deal them for something that helps now, depending on where you are. Or it makes you feel better about using this season in the context of Cup history, recent Cup history, as 2015. You go deep in the playoffs, you set yourself up, and next year's the year where you run away with it.
1: Yeah, well, I don't I, know. and I and I think that the that the pitching is as important in terms of that idea uh, than the position players. I mean, they you know presumably the pitching is going to improve. On a yearly basis, you're going to be bringing another starter in to compete uh, on a yearly basis, given the number of guys they have that look as good as they do.
0: No doubt about it. And we're talking so much about the everyday lineup. Mm-hmm. This season will dictate well, – uh, this season will go as, as far as exciting pitching will take it, yeah. I believe. You need to get somebody to replace Stroman's performance in the first half of last year. Who's that going to be? Do you trust Jamison Tyone? What about Imanaga? Is that going to be a guy that steps forward and makes a transition quickly? You've got some young guys. Ben Brown talks a good game. I mean, he is a confident young man. If he's as good as his uh, on the mound as he is at the microphone, this guy's going to be in the starting rotation sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. What about Kyle Hendricks? What's he got left? I don't know. And is Justin Steele ready to be that I, ace? I still
1: think he's. I still think that Kyle Hendricks, because he never relied on you know, power pitching, I think he will age
0: well as a pitcher. I think so. He already has. I yes. think that's a good uh, – Justin Steele, does he have another ace season in him? Brandon doubts him. I don't know. I think that, you know, that's a Why good question. I'm it? not quite sure. All I was saying was
1: I want a true ace. I'm not saying st- – still could be a true ace, but we. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe a good two. Like, I remember Dustin was talking about it before the season was even
0: going, as the season was going. We got a lot of good two, three guys. Don't you uh, hear the doubt in his voice? Is
1: he yes. could be, yes. but it's, no, it, he could be. But
0: It's, it's, it's
1: he's not an ace. Dripping. He's not an oh, ace to me right now. Back. No, all
0: right. when well, he's ten and one, and he's the NL starter in well, the All Star game, we're bringing that back. Okay, all
1: right, all right. Oh. Now you just now you do it. Now I'm you, saving that. Now,
0: now you <laughs> have cursed him. I guess I shouldn't tick off the guy that brings back the sound every day that yeah. makes me sound wrong. <laughs> It's not I the, can't wait till tomorrow's it's, open. It's not the sound that oh, makes that's, you sound that's wrong. me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait till 5.30 tomorrow morning oh. to find out what Brandon has come up with to make me look bad. I'm just saying, wouldn't you like like a Jordan Montgomery, a, B- a Blake Snell
3: added to that? Yeah, now yes, you're rotating. Now yes. you're starting. That, it's That solid.
0: changes everything.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. That drops everyone that's a, a spot. That's that a makes point. Imanaga less
0: important than he is now. I just think the Cubs have... Young pitching depth that is full of – based on potential, and yes. that's a loaded word yes. and gets people fired. It does. But Jordan Wicks, Ben Brown, Cade Horton. Hayden Wisniewski still has some stuff that you just want to take a look at. It, it, that's like – you know, that's
1: going to be the big move. That's going to be your, like, trade deadline ad. You know, maybe maybe a month or two months into the season, you're going to bring him in, and that's going to be the, – that's the guy that has a lot of special to him. Maybe
0: Horton, but I well, think Ben Brown is the one. Horton is considered more of a sure thing than Ben Brown.
1: I think Ben Brown has a higher upside potential. I would disagree
0: opinion. with that. I would, I would, I would, I would bet you right now on February 29th, The next time that there is a leap year, I will say Kate Horton will be ahead of Ben Brown. I think Ben Brown is major league be, pitcher.
1: Seriously, good uh, pitcher. Talk to me forward. on February twenty twenty twenty
0: eight. Yeah. Okay. The next leap year.
1: Can we not speak till then, or should we continue? No. We got 40 minutes to go. <laughs> okay. I was hoping we wouldn't have to. I can only talk to you in 2024. In <laughs> the next leap year? 28. 312 644 not I don't want to talk about the White Sox. We could get back to some Bulls talk because I- they won a game. The problem is it's kind of a one-off. I'm not sure. How they're going to match yeah, up who are tomorrow? I, I don't goodness. know what to make of them. Identity crisis, weird week. Yeah, identity crisis. Good word for this week. I,
0: I want to touch on the
1: Bears White Sox connection. Oh, th- this I, I want to address that. There's another thing again, I, I want to ask you about that. I can't see them again. Can't imagine them sharing an elevator, let alone doing a Zoom call. Well, let's talk about it when we come back. Molly and Haw, Chicago <laughs> Sports Radio. six
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Seven of the score. Well, my first question would be, is that big piece of land in Arlington Heights big enough, as we've seen in other cities, is it big enough to support two stadiums? Mully and
1: Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yeah, so this is what we're talking about now. So this, let's just fill everyone in on what's going on. Crane Chicago. Crane Chicago wrote a story saying that the Illinois legislature would like to see the Cubs in the Sox operate in unison bears as opposed to the bears and the Sox. The Bears and the White Sox operate in unison as opposed to combating for that money. And there is some money that's sitting there that has to be decided upon relatively quickly. And um, both these teams are trying to build new stadiums. I, I, still, I still question the sincerity of the Bears building a stadium in the South lot still don't understand how that would be better for them being in partnership with the Park District on a new building there and all that that would entail versus owning their own property out in Arlington Heights and building their stadium there. This has been waylaid or tied down, whatever, delayed uh, by the idea that the school systems are looking to tax the property based more on what the Bears paid for it than what they used to tax the racetrack, right? So this is kind of a weird reality where the Bears don't want to pay the tax structure that the Arlington Heights people are suggesting that the school system is looking for, and they're not getting the bargain that they thought they were going to get. And so now they're looking elsewhere. Meanwhile, the White Sox want out of their building. They want to build on the 78, but they need tons of money to do so. And so they went down to Springfield and showed their renderings, and they didn't make an ask, but they are looking for reportedly a billion dollars in order to make that happen. Uh, So the response from the legislature has been, rather than try to figure out who gets this money or splits up the money, why don't you guys talk to each other, and come to us as one entity.
0: I think that tells you how difficult it's going to be for either entity to persuade the legislature into providing public assistance. And I think that's probably the way it should be. It should be difficult, and it should be um, the exception, not the rule. And even though it's happening in other professional sports cities with other MLB and NFL uh, projects, stadium projects. I, I don't know that Chicago or the state of Illinois needs needs to necessarily just make it so it, it, the trend continues here. There are a lot of complex questions that have to be answered. I think that combining the Bears and the White Sox interests would make it even more complicated. You have a very you have a very small. I think you reduce the number of possibilities more than you increase them by doing that. You also complicate it in that, again, the primary objective, the way that we have all understood this, when the Bears embarked on this project to break the lease at Soldier Field, where this is 2033, sure. right? Yep. They've got a lot of years left at Soldier Field contractually to get out of that. Why? They want to own their own stadium. Yes. They want to own their own stadium. They don't want to be co tenants with anybody. They don't want a landlord any longer. How does it? How does that's aligning correct. their interests with the White Sox accomplish that? I don't think it does. So how I realistic don't is that, that? And David, that that's the one question that
1: I can understand. I I really can, from a perspective, understand how the White Sox interests might be served by combining with the Bears, be it at the lakefront or be it in Arlington Heights. Presumably, in Arlington Heights, it would be a separate building, though, right? They're not going to go into a dome. You're not going to play baseball in a
0: dome. Has that been specified? Has I, that been clarified? I, I, I don't know that we've got. I think any it's very vague right now. It's what if that is part of if that's part of the conversation. Maybe that has a little bit more feasibility, only because of what I said in terms of owning your building, and also because of the financial benefits the Bears may enjoy by selling that part of land to the White Sox. But do the White Sox want to move to Arlington Heights? Are they going to get a sweetheart deal from the Bears to do that? See, that's the one thing is like I don't understand what what would be in it for the White Sox to align their interests if they're moving to Arlington Heights. Yeah, now I, if they're I, going to build something like that on the on the South Lot, but they're not going to. Okay, that seems re- ridiculous. Yeah. Are they going to share a building? Like, listen, so this, I, the, the, the
1: whole thing it's it seems like the legislature. Hey, why don't you guys get together? And I don't think it has anything to do with them sharing anything. I think it's more like, okay, we'll take half the money you take. I half. think
0: it's all about the financial m- monies available with the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority and what they want to maybe pool these resources and have them split it. And if they can do it in a, with a joint effort, it makes it easier to do that. It just doesn't seem real with realistic the, or feasible.
1: If the... If the If the White Sox were to move to Arlington Heights, wouldn't they be further north than the Cubs? (laughs) I'd have to get out the map, but I I, I think technically they would be. Definitely. yeah. You know, think about
0: Addison West versus whatever. You wouldn't have the Northsiders and Southsiders any longer. No. No. I I don't know if that makes sense, and I don't know if that was the intent of The the conversation. The South Loopers, the South Loop hitmen, I like. I like that idea. Pay for it. I like that idea. Pay for it yourself. If, pay for it yourself yeah, is what I meant. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I know what you meant. The, but I think that this suggestion, and I and I I'm not faulting. I think Cranes has covered this very thoroughly. I just don't understand I don't understand what it means. Didn't expect this. No, I, I just don't and understand. I, I think it's a concept that put was, was maybe derived from the, the the desire to limit the public funding to two teams. So let's pull your resources maybe we can just give you one pot. And 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 even then, I don't know that I want
1: him giving him a pot, okay? Here's the problem with the whole thing, as far as I can tell, that when when Jerry Reinsdorf started talking about building in the South Loop and what they would need to do so, um, you know, after his trip to Springfield, he did talk. He went out to lunch with Cranes, and he sat there, and he talked about the future of the White Sox and how they have to have an anchor to keep them in Chicago and the neighborhoods not producing at the ballpark. And, and Jerry believes that if you, if that, that that when he shuffles off this mortal coil, it's Michael's responsibility to sell the team to the highest bidder, to
0: make all his partners money. And that means leaving Chicago. He found a controlled environment. He found a, a, a reporter conducive, that he felt was conducive to him being heard, and he answered questions that he knew that were coming. That's what he did, right? And, and the day after, he insulated himself from questioning. Exactly. He found, he found his he, audience, and
1: so he puts on the poor mouth and he says that they got to give him a billion dollars or the team's leaving Chicago. I think that unfortunately, a lot of Jerry's threats and a lot of his kind of it all falls on deaf ears because of what happened the last time, what happened to build guaranteed rate field, uh, and and really maybe even more so the idea that the guy shows up at the owner's meetings and goes to have a meeting with the Nashville mayor, which mm-hmm. is one of the markets supposedly looking for. It, it's like he you can't attempt to create leverage and then act like you have leverage based on the idea that, well, whoever buys it's going to leave people are just tired of it. They're tired of it. I don't know anyone that believes like, "Wow, you better give the White Sox money." I think it's there, kind there's of not the other really viewing. anybody
0: in that line. There's no one. Imagine if the owners' meetings were in Montreal.
1: And so, and as well, I mean, there you go. That's we, another we? place that so you could use a base. Here, here's another possibility. But, go ahead. But I was just going to finish it by saying, I think that I think his situation is 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 in contrast to what the Bears are hoping to do. And I don't think that there is a much of a connection between what Jerry wants and needs and threatens versus what the... You know, the well, certainly
0: not the, the threat. Certainly not the yes. threat. The Bears aren't going anywhere. But no. in terms of wants and needs, I think here's where the, they, they do have paths that may intersect. And this may have been the purpose of this message or this story or this idea. Whereas the legislature is serving as somewhat of a, of a mediator and they're trying to bring two sides together and say, you know what? We heard from you. We heard from you. We don't have enough for both of you. Yeah. Can you guys get together? Can you make, provide some sort of unified front? Can you learn how to play together and share? Because you know what? We don't have enough money (laughs) or we don't want to pick one. So, can you make our decision for us? If you're going to come to us next time, come to us with a unified message. Well, we want this much. I, I, th- I don't think it's realistic. I don't think it's realistic. But, I, but what, what else could it be? I, because none of these, none of these possibilities are rooted in financial reality. No, because the priorities are all out of whack. If you're looking at the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago, they're all out of whack. If you're asking for a billion dollars in public subsidies. And you're not raising taxes, no, but you are prioritizing dollars that aren't going toward public education, police, uh, migrants, pensions, all kinds of things that should be higher priorities than a baseball stadium. So I don't know what their intent was, but to me, this is just the most most unexpected element of this story. I
1: don't understand. And the hardest to explain or understand. The problem for me is that, 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 like – these, these are not puzzle pieces that you fit together and, ah, here's how we resolve it. I just think they're, they're completely separate entities, the three prospects, the one at the lakefront, the one at the 78, and
0: the one in Arlington. Well, Knights. the Bears don't need the White Sox. As much as the White Sox would need the Bears.
1: Well, that, the Bears don't the, need the White Sox at all. They that, got NFL money. That's why they it got, doesn't make yes. any
0: sense. Why would you, if well, you're that, the Bears, align yourself with the White Sox? No, I don't think you There's would. There's no partnership there to be had. And, and, like,
1: I mean, Dustin wants to say something. Let me just oh, make sorry, this quick point. No, he's waving. Well, how would the White Sox benefit by moving to Arlington Heights? Like, where is the White Sox fan base and is everybody hoping they move to Arlington Heights? Is that what's going to happen? Are there is there like a lot of Northwestern White Sox fans? I don't know about Northwest Suburb. Well, White I'd Sox love fans. to hear
3: from the White Sox fans. Like, what, what would they think about a move to Arlington Heights?
0: Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't think it would go well. But, I add, but was, what a, I was waving my hand, a, what, what I
3: raised <laughs> my hand about, depending on the partnership or the level of the partnership. Mm-hmm. If Mully said, and I think you agreed that there is a big enough parcel of land in Arlington Heights, what the Bears now own, to put two separate stadiums up there. And when they do that, you would also have bars, restaurants, retail, hotel, maybe a casino, clubs, whatever. Mm -hmm. So the Bears are only up there 10 weeks a year, right? 10 10 home games a year-ish. Okay, the White Sox are going to have 80 home games a year at that park. So now if the Bears were to be the bigger owner of this area, now all of a sudden you've got 80 more dates of 20,000 to 30,000 people coming to bars and restaurants and clubs hotels and that are that are there. That's a fair point. And, and, and also the White Sox would then show a little skin in the game mm-hmm. by buying part of the 300 acres where their footprint would go. Mm-hmm. And the reason the state would get involved is because there would be, uh, there would be tourists. There would create a lot of jobs, and it wouldn't just create jobs for ten weeks a year. It would create jobs for forty weeks a year, fifty weeks a year.
0: That's conceivable, but that goes back to the idea: the White Sox would need that and help from the Bears more than the Bears oh. need that to make their. But what their, I'm saying their, is, because we, Dustin, as much as you want to minimize the ten dates a year, that's not really a fair description or depiction of what would happen if they build out there. The Bears are going to be making money, and there's going to be a lot of opportunities for that structure to to bring in revenue.
3: But guaranteed 20,000 people 80 days a year, that helps their bottom line. They're going to recoup their money faster. People aren't just going to say, oh, let's go have a beer at the Budweiser Brew Park because this is where the Bears play on Sundays. The Sox fans stand for moving
0: to Arlington Heights, would it feel like they're moving might as well just I, go to Nashville? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know the answer to that. I think there's so much identity rooted in the South Side idea. Well, I, that I mean Arlington where, Heights doesn't where make a Where are the of Sox sense.
1: fans? where do they live? Are there are there a lot of Sox fans in northwest Indiana? It feels like there are. Yep. Are there a lot of Sox fans in South Suburbs? Yep. Feels like there are. Are they are they located? Northwest of the city. I don't know that that's the case. Bears
0: fans are going to go wherever they need to go to see their team play because it is only 10 times a year. Yes. Are Sox fans going to flock 81 times a year, as you described, to Arlington Heights to see a team that, you know, they're so used to being part of the Bridgeport? Are we back on
1: the lakefront? Are we back on on some sort of open air turning Soldier Field into some? open-air baseball stadium while they build a dome next to – I don't know what that I, – I'm I'm confounded about just the ideas surrounding this thing. Well, I also it, it want just to hear – It doesn't
0: it seems incongruous to me. Right now, we're speculating. We are, you know, talking about things that we have yet to hear expressed from anybody in an official capacity. I would love to know if the White Sox have seriously considered – or have they talked behind the scenes with related Midwest or their own people? Have they considered moving to Arlington Heights? Is this something I, that I, we're just I can't a figment of our imagination? No, I, I just think it's because the
1: Bears have this conversation about it. Then you throw out, you know. Somebody said this morning: Is there room for a ballpark next to a stadium? Probably.
0: But if if the state legislatures telling them to whole
1: backstretch where all the you know. But it's a reasonable conclusion
0: to jump to if they're telling them to align their interests and to collaborate on this. Yeah. But I don't know if there's anybody in an official capacity behind the scenes, even quietly whispering about this possibility, that. The White Sox would consider buying land from the Bears and then building a stadium there.
1: Yeah, I, I just think the whole damn thing doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. I and I and again, my fault. Don't under. I haven't seen the renderings. Don't know what we're talking about, and I don't know. You mean the rent? There, are, you're assuming there are renderings of the Arlington Heights proposal. No, I'm talking about the only renderings I've seen is yeah. the 78. This is scuttle the 78 cuz you can't build a football stadium You can't stadium do that. There?
0: No, no you can't build a football stadium at 78. Okay. I don't think so. Can you? No. So then so, there. Not enough parking, not enough infrastructure. Right. Cuz a football stadium's twice as big in terms of capacity. Yes. Cuz if you want to have a Super Bowl with a dome, I you can't do that there. And you're not building
1: Wrigleyville. No. In Arlington Heights, you'd be building like a giant kind of basically you'd be building like a Meadowlands,
0: right? We need another re- rendering. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need renderings. We need artists or surgeons or
1: Dustin, something like that. can you do, like, just some stick people sitting in a building somewhere? Well,
3: I was going to say, since it was my harebrained dumb idea, I can draw something up for you. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why that's a terrible idea.
0: Which one?
1: <sighs> we two, have... two
3: stadiums in Arlington Heights. I don't know why that's oh, a terrible idea. Oh, no one idea. said it was a terrible I, idea.
0: Was a terrible I idea. didn't say it was terrible No, 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 no. Dustin, I, I, I said it wasn't. I didn't say that was a terrible idea. You've had terrible ideas, but that's not one of them. Yeah, what about the what about a floating
1: stadium over the highway out there? An air, Dustin. Stadium. Well,
3: you I, know, if the water, if the water is still there where the racetrack used to go we're around, kidding. They, yeah. we're kidding, we're no, yeah. kidding. Just
0: listen, they, I compared it to Detroit, Dustin. I didn't say it was a terrible idea. I said you could have Comerica Park and Ford Field in similarly in Arlington. But I'm saying Heights. I'm
3: trying to tell you how the Bears benefit to this. The the, the Bears, if the Bears want to think like a big business. Then what do you do other than the ten dates? A right. Year? Okay. Okay, they're going to get a concert. And they're going to get one Final Four. They're going to get one Big Ten championship. Okay. So now we're up to fifteen dates. I'm just.
0: Uh, you're not going to have a hard time filling that building.
3: Oh, no, uh, I'm talking about filling the bars and the restaurants and the hotels that you're going to put up round. a well, and you're going to have eight. And listen, okay. at least for a year or two, the White Sox fans will go to something shiny and new, despite what's on the field. Mm. And by that time, there might be a change in leadership and ownership with the White Sox.
1: Mm-hmm. Nick Ooh. Nastrini will I think be we ready. we need to continue this tomorrow. Fascinating. 312-644-6767 is the number. We're going to bring in Dan and Lawrence to the conversation. We'll chat with them. A little bit of crosstalk. We'll do that next. It's Molly and on the score.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?